Hey, welcome to the Poetry Boss Podcast with your host, Tola Makondiola. How you doing? I, I hope you're all well. I have this idiotic smile on my face for some reason. I think it's because I really never know how to start my podcast. <laughs> so I'm always thinking of something to kind of drag things along to some degree. Anyway, um, it's, it's been a miserable-ish weekend just because of the rain. Um, but I tend not to complain about such things just because, um, I could be in Ukraine. That's, that's slightly worse than the rain here. And, uh, or I could be in a Chinese concentration camp. And that's, that's almost as bad as the rain. <laughs> I'm st- no, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, perspective is everything, right? So I, I tend not to moan too much because this could always be a lot worse. Um, pr- yeah, prayers to everyone and anyone who is caught up in these traumatic events. Um, prayers are powerful because you never know what can happen. You know, God can choose to answer in his own, and, and he will in his own time. It's just that it's his own time and that's, that can be frustrating sometimes, but yeah, I, I, what else do we have? You know, it's you, 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 you got to attempt looking to the divine to at least intervene to some degree. And of course, it's on us to do what we can within our limited capacity to um, prevent these things from happening in the first place. Anyway, um, I watched the made of Bernie Madoff documentary (laughs) and I have to say um, it's quite horrific what Hmm. all right here's what I'm gonna do I have about six points six takeaways from my viewing of that documentary it was it's a limited series on Netflix so go check it out First things first, greed is not good. <laughs> Contrary to what you might have heard on Wall Street and, you know, your favorite financier, greed is not good. Greed destroys everything. And it leads to my second point no one gets away with anything. No one gets away with anything. Bernie Madoff. Uh, committed these atrocities, I'm calling them atrocities, over the course of, yeah, I'll say three, four decades. And he knew when the time was up. He knew he was going to get caught. Um, and when it happened, he, I mean, the emotionlessness of his, inter- of his uh, countenance um, revealed that to me, that look, you're, 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 you're running and running and running. At some point, you're going to get tired and you're going to get caught. So, um, third thing I took away from the, from the documentary was that every action has an equal and opposite reaction. What the hell does that mean? Well, Madoff embezzled. Is, is it embezzled? No, no, no. It's, okay, I don't do these words that are arbitrary and don't really reflect what 
possibly happen, right? So he stole, let's just say he stole $64 billion. <laughs> that's, that's so obscene. That is so obscene. He stole $64 billion from, let's say everyone. <laughs> he stole the world's money. And uh, the counter to that was that his two sons died. One committed suicide and one died of cancer. His wife had to, well, all their homes were, uh, were taken away. And she effectively had to live out of a, out of a car, out of a suitcase, while he was in prison for the rest of his life. Well, for 150 years, specifically. Because that was the the judge's sentence. Uh, two other suicides occurred, right? One was the person who used who quietly and subtly supported, knowingly supported the Ponzi scheme. Um, I don't want to give the guy's name away because I want you to go watch the documentary and, you know, um, find out for yourself. And also because I don't remember. <laughs> it's, it's a specific kind of name. It's a very peculiar name. And uh, and another guy who had links to Europe. At one point in the documentary, he says, if this then is a Ponzi scheme, I'm a dead man. Because I have invested over a billion dollars worth of wealth into this into this guy's hands and the money belongs to the most powerful people in Europe so of course when the news broke that he that Madoff had been a fraud this guy of course killed himself equal and more positive reactions right so my thinking is there's always a countermeasure to everything we do. Um, some could argue that there's nothing that Madoff could have done to have to have atoned for what he did. Um, yeah, you can have that debate all you want, but um, by the time your son commits suicide, the other dies. Your family uh, disavows you. Um, you lose everything. Your name is tarnished. You're thrown in jail for 150 years, which is a symbolic sentence, although equitable to the crime. Um, yeah, There's, there was at least an attempt by the hands of time and the forces of the universe to balance out that crime. And you probably agree with that. Um, fourth thing I took away. If it's too good to be true, it probably is. <laughs> right? So, a guy described the Ponzi scheme in such a way, or at least uh, made of uh, success in, in a way that made me laugh, right? So, he said that if you look at the earnings that Madoff made for his, uh, for the investors of his, in his, in his, uh, like those who invested in him, 
it was a 45 degree angle, which means he made no losses over 30, 40 years, which is impossible. Right? It's nothing is, well, you don't need to, I mean, even a newborn baby cries, right? So even a, even a child knows that the world is not a perfect place, right? So the idea that you're going to make profits some profits year in year out on your investment no losses come on guys <laughs> a part of me goes you probably deserved what you got there's no such i mean it's so enticing though because it's yeah you're making money he was making money for all these people in quote but it was it was a fraud because there's no such thing as a riskless investment you're going to lose money at some point. You're going to lose large sums, small sums, if you're genuinely investing, which he wasn't. Um, and the fifth point I'll make is, 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 a, is a technical point, <laughs> which I have no... Okay, here's the thing. The point I'm about to make is common sense, at least to me which is don't invest everything you have. I think anyone would agree that if you have a hundred pounds, um, you, you want to invest, invest 20. Why? You don't invest a hundred. Like, what the hell are you thinking? There were people who invested everything they had. Um, I don't understand. Maybe that's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> but again, this was Bernie Madoff. So that's probably, again, that's probably just part of the scam. But you don't invest everything you have. There, there's a guy on on the in the documentary uh, who had invested, who had, who had built a business up to to success, right? And he sold the business for almost a million dollars, something of that nature. Anyway, he invests all of his. <laughs> this is so stupid. All that money into Madoff. And of course, he's making money. I know he's he's built. He done his. He had done his due diligence. He's making money. It was great, and then he lost it all. Um, personally, I would have not done that. <laughs> um, you don't invest everything. Oh, just oh, just just as a just as a rule of thumb don't invest everything just so that just in case you're being conned <laughs> maybe that's my niche i i don't believe anything i hear or see um i'm very skeptical that doesn't mean i wouldn't try something but it just means that i would kind of stick my toe in and if the shark bites my toe off at least i have the rest of my body left <laughs> does that make sense anyway uh sixth part Sixth thought that I walked away with is that Madoff had chutzpah <laughs> to the to an infinite power, right? Um, he it's it was so brazen. I mean, for those who don't know what chutzpah is, it's it's a Jewish word for to describe someone who has a lot of guts, right? Or how Scarface would say has balls basically like just like what like just the, the audacity to just pull off something so almost miraculous like in, in its audacity like 
64 billion over 30, 40 years, never got caught. And if you watch this documentary, you see that there were so many attempts or opportunities, I'd rather, to have had this guy in prison, to have blown up this guy's scheme. But just the sheer greed of those around embedded in the system the sec uh the investors i feel there's a lot of complicity in this in this um in this crime but the audacity is it's almost impressive if if you don't consider that he destroyed every everyone and everything that was in touch with this scam it's it's outrageous it was outrageous and um i would say if you're gifted do something good with it <laughs> that that's that's a that'd be nice we have a lot of problems in the world so if you're gifted like made off um try to try to yeah try to solve cancer or something imagine if you had done that i mean build there'll be utopia that's that's how impressed i am by what this guy did as horrendous as it was, it's like bloody hell. He he, he look, <laughs> he pulled it off until he got caught. Um, so yeah, um, that's okay. So the poem, <laughs> it's kind of poetic. That that's all of that. It's, it's it's like an opera. It's like a Greek play. It's 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 freaking fantastic. Anyway, the the poem I'm gonna. <laughs> poem I'm going to read today is by W.H. Davis and it's called Money O. So Davis was a poet that lived between 1871 and 1940. Um, obviously this poem, I chose this poem because of what I've just been talking about for the last so so minutes. I don't know how long I've been, I've been blabbing on a little bit but I hope, I hope, yeah, I hope you took something away from that. I, I find it quite entertaining, the documentary, quite insightful, and it's a morality tale, for sure. Anyway, Money O by W.H. Davis. First of all, I like the title, because it's Money, comma, O. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's no better descriptive expression for money it's like oh gosh money oh money oh i have no money oh i have a lot of money oh like money is just yeah you feel it's very it's a very cathartic uh expression so i like it um and the poem has about five stanzas but i'm going to read it i'm going to read it all and you'll find that it's quite easy to follow because it's a very universal theme I think everyone can identify with. It's not complicated at all. You can check it out if you like. Um, and yeah, let me. Oh yeah, let me go ahead and read it. So, when I had money, money oh, I knew no joy till I went po. For many a false man as a friend came knocking all day at my door. So it's basically saying that yeah, until I lost all of that money, I knew. I had a lot of fake friends, basically, who would come to me. Simple. So that makes sense. Then I felt I, like a child that holds a trumpet, that he must not blow. 
because a man is dead, I dared not speak to let this false world know. That's that's the most complicated verse in the entire poem, and I'm not entirely sure what it means. Um, but again, that's that's the purpose of this po- of this podcast to just try to figure this shit out. So let's 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 keep going. Much have I thought of life and seen how poor men's hearts are ever light. Yeah. Poor people tend to be happier. <laughs> well, I'll say poor, I'll say people who don't have the burden of ambition tend to have a freer heart. Something like that. And how their wives do harm like bees about their work from morn till night. That is true. Um, I wouldn't necessarily call it poor, being poor. I would say if you're middle class, then you're kind of like swinging through the middle, right? You're not overly rich that you have people chasing you. We um, are not made off where you have, where you could be locked away for 150 years. You're not too poor that you're in a desperate situation either, that you don't have the financial means to pay your bills or feed your family. You have enough. So, yeah, you know, you're, you're doing okay. I mean, what are you complaining about? So when I hear these poor ones laugh and see the rich ones coldly frown, poor men think I need not go up as much as rich men should come down. I like that a lot. When I had money, money, oh. <laughs> I love them. I love that. When I had money, money, oh. My many friends proved all untrue. Yep, absolutely. But when I had no money, oh. My friends are real, though very few. I, I love... <laughs> I absolutely love this. It's so, so simple, but true. Somewhat humorous. Very, uh, yeah, it's a universal, um, we all universally agree on this, to be fair. Even those who, who, who deny it superficially. Yeah, like, yeah, the richer you are, it doesn't equate to happiness, for sure. Um, yo, there's, again, I think it's a mindset. It's not about the, the material, it's about what's in your heart, Right, there's nothing wrong with wealth if you can manage it, if you know what to do with it, if you're not frivolous, if you allow yourself to grow through that experience. Right, um, I think of being poor as being poor in spirit more so than being financially destitute, right? So you can be poor and you can also be miserable, <laughs> right? You can be rich and you can be miserable, but you can also be happy relatively. I mean, well, happiness is a state of mind. So you, you, you can have, you can experience joy being wealthy and you can't, you, you can't frown upon it. You know, I think wealth eliminates a lot of material desperation, sure. Um, he has his fair share of problems, you know, fake friends, um, the need to sustain the wealth, 
again, for me, it's more of the state of mind. I think you can be poor and spiritually destitute. For sure. For sure. Um, well, it is also true that money matters to some degree, but not in the way that we think. It's also it's counterintuitive. So if you're poor, in quote, like I said, middle class, come on, you're eating, you have a roof over your head when it's raining, like right now. Uh, you, have, you have a day job, you know, maybe a hobby or two. You're okay. You're probably laughing, right? Um, if you are wealthy, yeah, you, yeah, it's almost like walking through the big cities, New York and London. Yeah, you're likely to see zero people smiling because everyone's chasing something. Everyone wants to look serious, intelligent. Everyone's trying to chase the next promotion. All that, all that bullshit, you know. So, yeah, you're not going to say smile. People don't even make eye contact, <laughs> you know, on the trains. So, yeah. So, I, I love it. Um, the second verse... Gosh, then I felt I like a child that holds a trumpet that he must not blow because a man is dead. Good grief, what does that mean? Then felt I like a child that holds a trumpet that he must not blow because a man is dead. I did not speak to let this false world know. Hmm. That's that. That requires more reflection. I don't want to just yeah. Let, let, let me throw a thought out there for what it's worth. Um, yeah, uh, if a man is dead, which I assume is the the author of this poem, W. H. Davis. Um, if he's dead, Is he dead or... Because he's, he's like a child. Okay, so he's the child in this situation. Like, I'm a child because a man is dead. But he could, he could also be both, right? He's like a child who must not... Ah, alright. So here's what I think. <laughs> here's what I think. Right? So, the man is dead. Wealth, spiritual death, something of that nature. Almost like you lose your soul to some degree. So, death. And I can't let anyone know, otherwise I'll blow my cover. Like, they think I'm wealthy, they think I'm this, they think I'm that. They think I'm the man about town. But I'm really dead inside. And I can't, and I must not let the, them know. Um, otherwise, I will become poor. Well, because as we find out, what's wrong with being poor? <laughs> you know, in quote. So... Yeah, that's what I think. I love the poem. Um, Madoff should have read this. <laughs> Maybe he did and he kind of just shredded it. He just set it on fire. Just, you know, it's like, F this. I'm not... I'm not going to be poor. I'm not going to be financially poor. I'm, I'm only going to be poor in spirit. I, I think Madoff chose his path, to be honest. And just ascending over 30, 40 years... Again, hootspah of the of the devilish kind. Ah, okay. Well, here's what I'd say. Here's what I'd say. Um, 
don't be overly ambitious. And you don't have to listen to me, but at some point you've realized, gosh, what's this all about? So that's that's my words of pseudo wisdom. <laughs> all right, great. So that's the poem. The poem is money o. Yes, just, just let that let that settle into your mind. Um, if you liked the podcast, please subscribe. I don't, I don't know why I'm talking like this, but please subscribe. Uh, tell your friends, tell your families, share it, share with them. You know, they might like it, they might not. It's all just, it's fine. It's not everyone's gonna like everything, right? But just share with them. Share, share, share. Subscribe, support, any way you think you can. Yeah, fantastic. Oh, and one more thing. I would like to plug a book, a poetry book by a talented author by the name of Beth Boleyn. She reached out to me on Instagram. She loves the podcast. Um, she writes really, really well. She sent me a couple of her poems, well, three, and I love them all. I thought she writes, I think she writes really, really well. Um, the title of her collection of poetry is, of poetry, <laughs> poetry, gosh, of her poetry is Dogs of the Dark Path. So, and that's available on Amazon. So go check out, go buy her book, go buy her book. We need more poets. We need more people who can actually write and, um, she, she can definitely write. She's, she's, and she's also quite cool as well. So, um, Yeah. Go support Beth Boleyn. And thank you, Beth, for supporting the podcast. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Catch you next time. Arrivederci.